Thank you, Danielle. Morning. Happy Father's Day to any dad. Who's a, who's a father out there today? Brilliant. Happy Father's Day to you. So I get to do this, uh, this uh, session uh, for us uh, today. And um, it's been a long series, hasn't it? Who knew that um, it would be this that I would be speaking about today, which is, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Woo! <laughs> Everyone, look at you, really thrilled about that. Um, I uh, popped into uh, Starbucks yesterday at Sainsbury's near where I live, and um, <laughs> the guy said, are you working this weekend? And I went, well, kind of, yeah. And I said, I'm speaking at church on Sunday. And he said, what are you speaking about? And I said this. And he went, brilliant. I said, go online. It'll be a whole lot more interesting if you see some of the uh, titles of the other things. But it kind of makes sense. So we had a little chat about it. Um, so just to begin with, is there anything that you believe now that you didn't used to believe Anything that you um, believe now that you didn't used to believe? I bet there is. Probably, if we sat and had a coffee, there would be like a long list of things that you used to believe, but you just don't now. Um, some of those things um, are a bit embarrassing to admit, aren't they, you know? For me, one of the ones I find particularly embarrassing to admit is about creation. Anyone, anyone used to believe that? Yes, thank you. Honest people at the front. Um, you know, yeah, it was six days and then God rested and it was like six blocks of 24 hours. Come on, not, there are not only two people in this church that believe that. Um, so there's things that when we think about them, they're a bit embarrassing. And then there's other things that are hard to admit. And then, to be honest, there are things that we would rather not talk about. Some of the things that we've believed that we would rather not talk about. Like the active participation of the church in the slave trade. Anyone want to talk about that? It's a shocker, isn't it? It's a shocker. Or the reluctance of the church at various points in history, but still even today, around the world, to stand up to tyrants. But also, um, there are things that we as individuals, and it's us as individuals who make up the church, there are some beliefs that we have held <clears throat> where we have assumed that we are right and others are wrong. So I was just in a conversation uh, with someone um, this morning where they said, absolutely, I was absolutely convinced that Catholics were going to hell. Anyone else from that stable where that was what we were taught? Yeah, Nathan? Nathan? Great. Brilliant. Leadership team. Brilliant. Uh, and there are things that we have spoken to others about 
and the way that we have said those things that are shameful. And I want to tell you one, and I am putting myself out here, but I trust that you know me now, not the Jill of 30 years ago. And it went like this. Um, I was captain of the women's football team. We'd just been playing at Bolton Wanderers Women's. Um, they had a kind of practice session that we'd gone to join in with. Um, and one of the team said she needed to speak to me. And I, I was like, you know, I was a paid-up member of the Christian Union, um, as probably some of you guys were. And she said to me, I need to talk to you in private. And I said, sure. Uh, why don't we go and sit in the minibus? And, and she said, um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm gay. And I said, well, I can't condone it, but I'm still your friend. And now... <laughs> I'm horrified at myself. But I'm not the only one who thought that here. Because there are things that we have in our story that we have believed that we do not believe anymore. And if we say differently, we're lying. <laughs> of course I don't believe that anymore. But I did. And I hope, I hope somehow that that woman has heard me say differently. I'm not the only one here in this room with things that we have believed that we no longer believe. Thank goodness. We all have a story and we all come from somewhere. This quote by a guy called David Benner says this, identifying and embracing your lineage is an important part of any pathway to greater wholeness because it involves remembering your own story. Why did I tell you that story about me and that um, friend of mine? How she wanted to stay my friend, I have no idea, but anyway. See, when we remember, when we remember, we become self-aware. And it is through being self-aware that we are humbled and we realize that there is no place for pride and no place for arrogance in the position that we take now because we acknowledge that we too have made a journey. Um, when I went over a few years back to um, um, spend some time um, with Rob Bell in his study, he and another friend of Steve and I, um, a guy called Don, um, they both had a picture. This isn't the picture, but it was of a steeple, and it had the words, how big is your steeple? Which I thought was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> But it was very deliberate. They were taking the rise out of how sometimes within church, within churches and across the church globally, so much 
of the way we relate to others um, is characterized by the currency of competition. How big's your steeple? How big's your worship band? Who have you got? How busy are you with your program? How many prayer meetings do you hold? Oh, we're better than that. I can't believe that those people in that church think that stuff. I used to be part of a church that used to say some things a little bit like that. And I remember every, um, every time, once a month, we would do, um, I didn't call it communion, we called it breaking of bread. Um, and the, the, the person leading it would always say, we're not religious like those other churches. Um, but it was really interesting because we always did communion on the same Sunday every month. And it always happened at exactly the same time in the service, in exactly the same way. <laughs> and at 11.29 every service, someone spoke in tongues. And it was incredible because we weren't like those other people who were religious. See, it's really important that we remember. We can look on those who are different um, and have disdain for them. And there's this fantastic phrase that C.S. Lewis came up with, which is this, chronological snobbery. Isn't that a brilliant phrase? It's the view that where we are is superior to where they are chronological snobbery. What has all this got to do with this particular line in the Apostles' Creed? I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. I think that this statement is an antidote to all of that. I think it's the antidote to all of that I've previously said. It's the antidote to chronological snobbery. This statement is about what we believe and it's how we behave as a result towards others and towards other parts of the church. It's really helpful, um, Steve, explaining to us that the word holy, we often, we often say set apart, but it, it's different. Holy means different. It doesn't mean set apart, isolated. So we are making a statement, I believe in the holy Catholic Church. We are called to be a different people. We're called to live differently. We're called to model a different way and we're called to model a different kind of community. This whole church, different. Not isolationist. Not the currency of we're better than you are. Not 
I can't believe they think that. Not chronological snobbery, but humble love. Love that acknowledges that we too are on a journey and we also haven't arrived yet. Love that includes and doesn't judge. Love, by the way, never says that injustice that has been perpetrated is right. Love can't do that because it's not love. But what love does is it draws people forward generously. Like my friend who I spoke to at university in the way that I did, and yet she still treated me as her friend. Love always draws people forward generously. It does not hate them backwards, arrogantly. Different. A place and a people that looks like the kingdom come. All of us. Rich and poor, gay, straight, different ethnicities, young, old. How do we express this type of of holy. How are we being different? Today at lunchtime, who will you have lunch with? Will it be with people who are different to you or people who are the same as you? The people you spend time with this week, who you intentionally focus your, your, uh, your time on, Will they be the same as you? Will they be different to you? Will they all have the same beliefs as you? Will they come out of the same stable as you? Or will they be different to you? Will you love people in such a way that we are drawing one another forward generously? Different. We heard in the reading that Jesus took down the dividing wall. And that's what being holy means. It means that we behave in a different way that tears down the dividing walls and the judgment that we have on others. So to be holy is deeply and profoundly challenging and uncomfortable. And then there's this bit. Catholic. I, uh, like I, some of you know, I grew up in the Anglican Church, and even as a little kid, we used to have to stand and face east and say the, uh, the Apostles' Creed. And I remember saying every week, Am I swearing allegiance to the Pope? Is this what I am doing every week? And no one's let on, and it's all like a big kind of fix up, you know. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, the Pope. Um, although, obviously, it's a very good Pope. But it didn't make sense to me because I knew, you see, that on a Saturday night in my church, uh, where I grew up, all the Catholic Christians got together and had their service. And then, so they were kind of using the Protestant church to have their Catholic service. But the church itself was called St. Mary's. And I was like, she's pretty significant for the Catholic. So I was just very confused as a 
child growing up in this. But then someone explained to me, no, it, it doesn't mean that. It means the whole of everything. It's everyone. It's universal Catholic. We're talking about the whole world. And we're not just talking about the whole world now. We're talking about the whole of the body of Christ, the followers of Jesus through time and space. Now, past, present, future. And I was like, oh, that's different. And that is radically different. Some of you will like sitting in cathedrals, I'm sure, but there's in uh, uh, the cathedral in, uh, I think it's a cathedral, I'm sure it's a cathedral, in Malaga, there's a, a, like a chapel area where you can sit and pray. Um, and all around the edges of the chapel are just loads and loads and loads of um, like statues um, kind of crafted into the wall of the cathedral. And as you sit there, you just have this massive sense of, I'm surrounded by all of the saints who have gone before me. Uh, Some of these people would not approve of me. Um, I'm female, so I'm pretty sure that that one wasn't so keen on women. And like... But you have this sudden realization that you are part of something that is bigger than just you. Holy Catholic, not just me on my own, not just us on our own, not just Oasis Waterloo, not just us or me on my own, not just the people I am with now and what I believe now, but the people who have gone before and the people who will come and all the others who have this crazy um, story that we are a part of, some of whom, when I look at what they believe, I think, wow, that is pretty messed up. (laughs) Some of these things that this Catholic community has believed, they're embarrassing to talk about. Some of the things incredibly hard to admit. And some of them I'd rather we didn't mention. But this statement, one holy Catholic church and the communion of saints is a clear statement that we believe in more than just us now. And if you ever go, that's what you'll be sitting in. And as we heard in the reading, the kingdom, the kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer stranger or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building home. He's using us all, all of us, in that whole crazy mess, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the prophets and apostles for the foundation. Now he is using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the pieces together. One holy Catholic church. Everyone. Not just us who agree. 
or who look like us. This is such a bold, radical statement where church is to be home, built on Jesus, around Jesus, and to be Jesus in and throughout the world. Home, the place where we all can come back to. Imagine that. Everyone around the table, all invited, every nation, every people, every person. Arms dealers, bankers, estate agents. You're in. <laughs> no arms dealers in here yet, though. No. Drug dealers, anyone? Uh, gang members. Peace activists, soldiers, children, the elderly, addicts, presidents, teachers, doctors, nurses, social workers, whoever we are, all invited, all invited to build home for all. Because it's in Jesus that the whole building of church is fitted together. In him, all of us are being transformed into his likeness. And in him, all of us are no longer foreigners or strangers because we are all invited into the journey of transformation. One holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Us. So I bring to you who I am, my community of saints here. You're my saints. And I do it humbly because I know my story. And I know I'm still learning. I know that I have no right to chronological snobbery. And I humbly ask you to love me generously and to help me become more of who I am created to be, which is not who you are created to be. I bring who I am today and hope and pray that my community of saints here in this little bit of the church and all of those who through time and space I may come to know will somehow fan into flame the gift that God has put in me just as in you. And I bring who I am to you and ask that you will help me see what I don't yet see. And I hope you'll do that generously and lovingly too. What am I asking for? I'm asking for grace upon grace upon grace. And the things that I'm asking you for is the posture that we as one holy Catholic church need to have towards one another. Each of us giving one another 
the chance to learn how to love over and over again. Which brings me to the plank of wood, which some of you may have been thinking, why should the plank of wood? You may not have noticed it, but anyway, plank of wood. Why do I say all this stuff? Because it is deeply personal. Jesus, Jesus told this story, didn't he, about, oh, the thing is, you're busy spotting what's wrong with everyone else, but you're missing a plank in your own eye. And every day I find that so challenging. One holy Catholic church where we don't sit in a position of chronological snobbery, but we acknowledge with the whole of the church that there are things that we have got right and there are things we still need to learn. And it begins when we remember our story, where we have come from and how we have been changed. So if Jesus' teaching means anything, then it must start with me and you. So how will you and I, as part of this one holy Catholic church, and as part of this communion of saints that is through time and space. How will we love one another today? Whether it's within this part of the church or towards the whole of the church and in fact, towards the whole of everyone. I'm gonna hand over to Dan to pray.